Hello and welcome to all you folks out there in cast country. You're listening to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. It's the show about everything and nothing. I'm your host, Memphis T-Bone Dotson, and I'm the illegitimate son of a Louisiana voodoo woman named Miss Cleo, but my friends usually call me Just Chad. My guests today are the hosts of a hot new podcast called Cheaper Than Therapy. To quote the description from their podcast, they are working moms figuring out this thing called life. They're relatable, they're honest, and they're an absolute riot on the air. Their podcast is their therapy. Ladies and gentlemen of the world, please welcome to the studio Jill Harris and Sabrina Heyman. Ladies, thank you so much for being here. Yay! Yay. Thank you so much for having us. So excited. Actually, I'm so excited. There we go. And I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control when I think I like it. <laughs> there, it was, it's, it's officially been branded now right. with your with your mark. Yeah. So much right. singing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So much Jill singing. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I am a huge, huge fan of your podcast. I've literally listened to every episode. Yay. I'm keeping an episode log, which is kind of fun. And uh, <laughs> But I'll tell you what, girls, today, I think I need some therapy because I had to do something really distressing a few hours ago. And I hate to start the podcast on like a low note, but I got to talk about it because it just happened. So over the weekend, my wife and I had to decide whether or not to put our dog of 16 years oh. down. Oh, no. Oh, and it was, it was, it was just awful. Oh. He's been with us almost our entire relationship. I think we've been together like... 17 years or something like that. And he's been with us like all but maybe one of those Aww, years. I'm going to cry. That's oh, sad. It, it was so sad. And, and, you know, it was one of those situations where like um, you, you know, like when you know, a grandparent of yours passes away that was like 98 and in a way you're like, well, okay, you know, right. they lived a long, full life. And um, he had got hit by a car a few years ago and it kind of messed his back legs up and, um, and so, but me and me and my wife were kind of, we were sort of at peace with it. Cause like he's had a long life. It's been wonderful. Uh, the, the hard part was telling <laughs> yep. the kids oh, that was, yes. have you guys ever had to do that? Well, okay. So Sabrina, you probably haven't had to yet. Not my personal dog, but the babysitter's dog passed away oh. and I oh. had to, you had to go there. My kids were like, Oh, okay. Okay. So I think it was two summers ago, our dog. Okay. So we got a border collie. Um, after we got married, a year after we got married, I was ready to have babies. I was ready. I wanted kids. And Luke's like, you've never even had a dog. Like, (laughs) don't you think you should maybe see if you could take care of a dog before you take care of a kid? (laughs) This was his way of getting a dog. (laughs) Okay. Or his way of waiting. (laughs) Or his way of waiting for kids. I don't know which. Yes. So we get a border collie, which he wanted, and we fell in love with her. And it wasn't two months later. And he's like, okay, I'm ready for a baby. I was like, it worked. Wow, this worked. <laughs> there you go. So the, the dog was with us a year before Wyatt was born. Yeah. And uh, two years ago, um, she passed away. But what happened was, okay, so my kids would have been, what, 10 and 11? Yes, 10 and 11. We were at the beach. Oh. And we knew she was going downhill. Um, but we didn't, we didn't think it was happening while we were gone. So my brother was taking care of her, just feeding her and watering her, that kind of stuff. And 
We got to the beach on a Saturday, and I think it happened on Monday. Mm. I talked to him personally on a Wednesday, and I said, how's Kinsley doing? And he's like, I can't lie to you. Yeah. I didn't want to tell you why he was on vacation. Luke knows, but I didn't want to ruin the trip. So we had to tell the kids, but we didn't tell them until on the way home once we hit Ripley. Yeah. 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 So it was tough, but both of my boys, they held it together. And, they, and one of them said, that's okay. She's in heaven and, you know, <laughs> yeah, on yeah. and on. So it went okay. Yeah. My son, full-blown wailing snot Aww. bubbles and somewhere in the middle of it he said now i'm gonna be all alone oh my god and and, and and i i i was in my mind i had this moment where i'm like i think i'm having a bad parent moment right now because i thought you don't have anything to do with this dog you don't talk to the dog you don't pet the dog you don't take the dog out like what do you mean alone but but yeah it was uh Aww. it was traumatic and then i'd never done that kind of thing yes. before you know there was a big debate in the family do we some of our uh, in-laws had uh, volunteered to help us with it if need be. They're right. like, you know, if you just want us to take him to the woods and end it quick, we'll do that. And But I just, I couldn't bring myself to do that. Yeah. So we took him to the to the vet. And that was, I didn't know how they were going to do it, but it was such an interesting experience. You know, they brought me in today and uh, the vet is, is uh, the guy over at um, the High Valley Animal Clinic. Yeah. Um, in Pomeroy there. His name's Josh Irvin. Irvin. I, I've yeah. known him since high school. Yeah. And he's a nice guy. And he just came in and we just sort of talked about it. And he was so, he made it so easy. And he said, we're going to give him a sedative and put him out. And they gave him the sedative. And I, I just, I said, Hey, do I have to be here for this next part? And he said, not if you don't want to be. And I said, well, I'd, I'd rather remember him alive. You yeah. Know? And, and so I, 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 I kind of chickened out and <laughs> ran out of the office. Oh, but it, yeah, oh, it was, it was, it was traumatic. But, but what's, I thought when I came home, I'd, the kids would be like, you take Bruiser to the vet. And Bruiser. Bruiser was his name. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and my son, he, he was coming down the stairs as I was coming in the house. And, I, I was fully expecting, especially considering his reaction the previous night, for him to ask. And all he looked at me and said was, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that's the end of that. Okay. And, and they haven't asked about the dog since he left the house. Well, <laughs> so, that went but, smoother than yeah. that. Yeah. We, we kind of, we dodged a little bit of a bullet there, but. Uh, ooh, oh, my man. kids are now on the kick. I want a dog. I want a puppy. No, it's not happening. I'll give you one of mine. Yeah. No, I've got to just raise you two, make sure I keep you all fed, clothed, and alive. We're good to go. I think I will have dogs forever, even though I thoroughly hate my big dog. When he's gone, life will be a breeze, but I will have <laughs> dogs forever. Yeah. Well, my six-year-old, she, I told my wife, I said, listen, when he goes, when Bruiser goes, I don't want any more pets because yeah. I've, I've never been a pet person. Like when right. I was a kid and I lost like three or four goldfish in a row and then I woke up one morning and my bird Rocky was asleep, according to my mom. And then I came home and like Rocky's cage was gone. I'm like, where's Rocky? And she's like, he died overnight. I'm like, how could you not tell me? And I was, <laughs> I was distraught. But, uh, but I, I, you know, I love Dogs, I, I really love dogs. Cats are murdering psychopaths. Yes, um, agree. But, love them. Uh, and love. I'm and I'm allergic to cats too. But but that's why I, I've been saying to my wife. I said, "Listen, here's the deal: if I come home and there's another dog at the house, you know, weeks or months from now, just know I'm going to turn around. I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to take a drive through the country." Cause I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> and, and she was like, are you serious? And I, I said, yes, because I don't 
I personally don't want any more pets. Right. I love pets. I love people that are pet people. It's nothing against those people. I just don't really have the inclination like to really care for a pet. Yeah. Like I think yeah. it deserves to be cared yeah, for. I, I agree. And and so I, I almost feel like I'm being cruel to the animal yeah, I, because I don't really spend time with it, um, which is easier if you have a cat because they just want to kill and eat. So they yes. don't care about you. But uh, but dogs, on the other hand, I feel like dogs are always yeah. looking at you like, man, why don't we go outside and do something? Why don't you, know, you like, want to throw a Frisbee? Because I, <laughs> I don't want to throw uh, a Frisbee. So my wife, knowing that, is sitting across from me. She's consoling my son. My daughter's on me and she's crying. And she looks up at me and she says, but daddy, when will we get a new <gasps> dog? And I was like, tomorrow, oh. honey. <laughs> oh, oh, because I, I, she, I, I'm wrapped so tight around her little finger that I, my immediate thought was, well, my brother-in-law and his wife, they just had a litter of puppies. And then I, I, I kind of had to hit myself yeah. and right. snap back into reality. Well, hold up. We cannot do this. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, my wife, she came to my rescue because she could see the panic on my face. And she said, well, honey, we'll have to talk about it. And Aww. we'll we'll see. And Allie's okay. And she put her little head back down and continued Love to cry. It. and. So yeah, it was, it it was, it was tough, but uh, I I hate to start the podcast on that note, but I'm like, Hey, this is therapy, right? Yes, it is. That's right. You're in a safe place, Chad. That's that's right. (laughs) You know, in your first episode, you guys really sucked me in with a quote that you read. I'm a big quote person. I don't remember which one of you discovered the quote, but you said in your first episode, uh, that your kind of modus operandi for the podcast is be brave enough to suck at something new. And then uh, somebody later on, it's like, we're embracing the suck, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're going, we're going for it. I'm I'm curious, what, what was it that kind of drove you guys to, to sort of overcome your fears and just dive in there and put the podcast out there? How did that happen for you? <laughs> I'd say Josh pushed us. <laughs> no, I think it was just something we really uh, felt like, Oh, we could do because we talk so much. We yes. can carry on conversation for hours. Yes. So it, it just comes easy for us. And we thought, you think anybody would like to listen to this? And we love podcasts ourselves. We listen to podcasts all the time. So it was like, this would be kind of a cool little project. So then when I got Josh involved, which is my husband and our editor, he was like, uh, yeah, do it. You should do it. And so then when we asked him if he would edit, he was like above and beyond oh, thankful. Yeah. He was so excited because I was like tiptoeing a little bit like, oh, I don't know if he'll want to do this. And we're dorks. And will he want, you know, to be <laughs> involved? Too, so. And then he was like, I was afraid you guys wouldn't ask me. Yeah. yeah. So it just all fell together. But we, we talked about it forever before we, had, we did it. We had yeah. because... um we, we uh, you introduced me to podcast, and so uh, once I started listening, I was hooked. I was addicted. I was asking her, you know, what are you what listening to? And she would tell me, and I just couldn't get enough, and I still can't. And I was like, I actually went up. I think I called you one day. You did. I was on my lunch break, I think, at work, and I was like, so um, I was kind of thinking that maybe we could. I, I think I first said, I kind of think I'm going to do a podcast and wanted to know if you'd want to be my co-host. She's like, yes! <laughs> I mean, like, no thinking about no, it, yeah. just blurted yes out. And from that moment on, it, I don't know, maybe took two weeks yeah, we to were get rolling. Quick, yeah. 
and we didn't even have topics. Mm. I mean, we uh, and and if you listen, you can tell. I mean, we've grown. Yes. So I hope that people don't take our first couple and it's like, and oh, this is boring. We get we get a little bit better. Not a, a lot. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, listen, there's something that I, I, I want people to know because you guys basically started with no concept of how to start. Right? No. Right. I, mean, no. I mean, in every way in terms of, well, what do we talk about? But beyond that, the technical side of it, oh, how yeah. do we actually do it? Right. You know, I, we had no clue. Yeah. We had a borrowed microphone. Yep. I watched a couple YouTube videos. Um, I looked up a few things on um, Google, mm. uh, and and that was literally it. Uh, did we even have a computer? Well, yeah, we yeah, had we have a computer. We had a computer and hit record. Like mm-hmm. we had no idea what we were doing. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a space to do this in. Um, you know, one time we was in a car. I mean, we we didn't know what we were doing. We, we just still knew, don't. No, we just knew we wanted to do it and we like doing it. And for the three people that listen, we might help them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really important too that we can be honest and upfront and transparent about our struggles and where we are in life and hopes that maybe somebody listening will get some yeah. relief from it. And right. Yeah. Right. And it it truly is our therapy. Yes. Um, I feel a release afterwards. And I think a lot of people, is that what I'm trying to say? What? (laughs) Sorry. Listen, I've had a rough day today. (laughs) Don't make me feel bad about what I'm saying. Sorry, my face is red. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's cathartic, I think, is what you're trying to say. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) I didn't know that was bad. No, it's it's a good thing. Her mind's in the gutter. It's it okay. What a nerd, Sabrina. <laughs> Sorry. I, I live with Josh Heyman. I, I, but I, I do feel once I get done, and anybody that, um, you know, even goes to dinner with a group of friends, even two people, after you leave there, yeah, you feel better. Like, gosh, I felt great getting together. Right. And then sometimes you're like, man, I said some really stupid stuff, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and that's the kind of stuff we talk about. And I think too, we keep rambling about this, but um, because we are so busy, it's hard for us to yeah. get away. So this right. was something make time for yourself that we make time yeah. to do, mm-hmm. and it's a break from life and. It's fun, and we get to discuss things. So. Right. And and we're a clean podcast, so, like, my right. kids will even listen to it and laugh, and, no, Mom, we don't do that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll tell you, as an outside observer, you know, I, I, I when those first few podcasts dropped, I think I listened to each one of them about three times. Wow. Each. I was, you know, I was on a job site somewhere, and I and I just turned them on, and I just kept playing them, you know, over and over and over again, and and I just I couldn't get over how how well knowing that you guys were starting literally from from essentially nothing, yeah, and and the, this the quality of it all, and, and Josh has really done a phenomenal job of editing things together, yeah. and I, I think what you guys talk about is compelling and fun and relatable, and for all the things that you know you might think along the way that all it was disjointed or this wasn't that whatever. Uh, from from a, an outside observer's perspective, I've been super impressed. In fact, had you guys not started your podcast, I probably wouldn't have ever started this podcast. Aww. It's it really and truly the, the the cheaper than therapy podcast is because I, I, I was like Chad, 
you li- you literally have all the knowledge. You have all the, the gear. Tools, yeah. you, you know what to do. It's not a mystery to you. <laughs> and, it was to us, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 these people were out there, and they didn't know they didn't know even how to start really. Yeah. And yet they've cultivated this really amazing podcast. that's just going to get better and better and better Aww, over time. Thank you. Thanks. That's so, so sweet. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, such uh, an encouragement. Yeah. I, I'm, it's you never know. It's it's one of the things you get it get on there and you talk. And we're going to get into some of those things, the things that you might not know that have been really meaningful to me that you guys have uh, have talked about. But one thing you haven't talked about in your podcast yet, and I'm, I'm super interested in how relationships and friendships forge and develop, and you have yet on your podcast to talk about how you guys came to know each other and specifically how you guys became friends. Oh, so you want us to talk about this on yours or you want us to do an episode <laughs> on ours? Well, you can do it on yours too. Hey, <laughs> Well, um, I honestly don't know that answer. I, I mean, we knew each other from high school. Yeah. I mean, we weren't friends in high school. I mean, we weren't not friends, but right, we weren't. Right. We Jill's didn't, older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't run in the same circle. Um, yeah, because I think the age difference. I mean, it's not a huge age difference. I don't know the age difference, to be honest. It's like two years. Ago. Two years? I don't know. It's three? I don't know. But anyway, um, so I just knew her from high school. She's just Sabrina Tennant. I mean, and I still say that all the time. I was like, oh, it's with Sabrina Tennant. And people's like, I don't know who Sabrina is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sabrina Heyman. Oh, yeah, I know her. Yeah. So, and then um, we really got close once we started walking in um, a 60-mile walk together for breast cancer. Mm. And we become, and we say, I always say roomy because we we roomed together mm-hmm. and that's how we that's really got really close. how we got close yeah, yeah. so yeah. and that's that literally is it i mean there's <laughs> well you know but you guys always talk about the walk and and i don't know what the walk is well <laughs> I've, I've never asked so give me give me give me the rundown I'm what is afraid the walk? to say because i don't want people to feel like we're pushing it because it is something we do and we raise money for mm-hmm. so well, I, well let, let me interject for just a second the reason why we've not really elaborated or at least i feel like it on um the podcast is because we were planning on bringing in the other members of our team oh nice and so then we were going to do like this group chat about it and and beg for money and beg, <laughs> but uh, it was canceled because of all the COVID nineteen stuff. So yes. we didn't. Uh, we're not getting to go this year. So go every year we walk sixty miles in three days for breast cancer. So we've done two cities together, right? Two, two together. Year. Yeah, this would have been our third. We're already signed up for next year. Yes, because um, we were going to San Diego this year. Oh wow! Yeah, we've been to. Well, I went to Chicago. And then you jumped in for Philly. Philly. And then we've been to Detroit. Detroit. And then we were going to San Diego, but they went ahead and canceled that. That was in November. So we're yeah. kind of bummed. Yeah. Yeah. So now we don't get to walk again till next November. November 2021. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of podcasts. Until but we just, but we spend a lot of time training together. We trained together we a lot. So, yeah, yeah that's right. really how we got close. Nice, nice. Because you can't just take off and do 60. I mean, you can do 60 miles, but, man, that's hard. It's hard work. It's hard training. Yeah. So we train for it. Yeah. Walking 10 to 20 feet can be a challenge for me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'm surprised I haven't fallen yet. I trip so much. 
And I have never, I'll say that it'll happen next, <laughs> next time we walk, I'll be on my face somewhere. I, you know, I, there are some common things that come up in the various episodes of your podcast that I, I love hearing about. And, and one, I think one of the most common things you guys talk about is your families. And I feel like I'm getting, getting to know Luke, uh, in, <laughs> in a lot of ways, uh, that I, I otherwise maybe would not have and, and the various adventures of your kids. And, mm-hmm. and I, and you, you told a story, uh, Sabrina about how you can't deal with injuries and how you <laughs> ran over your infant son to get away from a bee or something like yeah, that. <laughs> that's a true story. Um, but the, you know, the concept of family f- for me is something that is, is is super strong and and something that I I always wanted. Like when I, I said to myself, when I grow up and I have a family, I want to have a as solid a family as I can possibly right. have. You know, and I, I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, without you know, get as personal or as impersonal as you want, but um, was was family super important to you guys growing up? Was it super stable for you? And you're like, I want to replicate this in my life, or was it more like we didn't have that and we want to create what we didn't have? The ladder. The ladder. The ladder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which has kind of bonded us, too. Yeah. Um, I I had a super stable father, yeah. but my mother was not stable and is not stable. But um, so I kind of had bo- both growing up. So I don't know. It was just when I ha- had a family of my own, it was just like, I cannot let that happen. Like, got to break generational curses. And this is going to be how it is going forward. Okay, so I'm I'm kind of in the same boat too. Um, I think as parents, we all want to do better than what we had, even if we had a great life. It's right. like, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know. Well, that's what our parents want us to do: learn sure. from their mistakes, and that's what I tell my boys, you know, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And um, but I did not grow up in a home that uh, prayed and went to church, and mm. you know, put these values in your head and that kind of stuff. Um, so I knew I wanted that. I lost my mom when I was 13. Um, it was a, a drinking and driving car accident. And um, I used that. I, I've got a kid. My oldest is going to be 13. He's already been faced with peer pressures. Um, and I, I use it. That is a tool. I feel like my mom left that behind for me to use. Yeah. Does that, do you think, do you, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I yeah. mean, I always say, learn from my mistakes. I feel like my mom's saying, learn from my mistakes, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's yeah. I just, you're an exceptional yeah. mama. Exceptional. Your kids are wonderful. Thank you. Well, that is one thing I have to watch in in our podcast, too. Like, Sabrina's are still young. Mine are at that tween age. (laughs) And I I could really say a lot. I've got so many stories I would love to tell, (laughs) but I really can't. Yeah. I mean, I could really embarrass my kids (laughs) at this age. You know, it's, it's too delicate. So, but I'm like, oh my gosh, if I could just tell this story, we would have everybody in the country listening. I promise. I, in some ways, I wish my mom had had that filter because I'll never forget my 18th birthday party. She rolled out <laughs> naked pictures on a yes! poster board of me. And there were all my friends. And, oh, yes. you know, oh, look, he's naked in this picture. I'm like, I was like eight at Myrtle Beach, everybody. Like, <laughs> Mom, why do you still have this picture, number one? And why do you want to show it to my friends? That's just weird. 
She was like, oh, it's just fun, honey. I'm like, no, it's, it kind of makes me want to go take a walk somewhere. That's why, you're, that's why you're in therapy tonight. That's why, that's why I'm in therapy right now. Oh, gosh. Another thing that you guys talk a lot about is what if I had to sum it up in a word, I, I would say it's the, the concept of connection. And that can be, you know, connecting with other people. But uh, I think it might have been your last episode you were talking about ways to sort of love yourself, like with love languages and things of that nature. And there's this kind of weird concept in our our culture uh, where taking time for yourself, it it, it almost seems like a selfish and and bad thing to do. And I, and I, and and I feel like sometimes when you, if you say those things to people, like I try to take time for me Mm -hmm. apart from my children, apart from my spouse, that that's just a mystifying thing it is. to yeah. to some to some people but i think it's super necessary it is i agree um and after we record and now we record in my driveway so in my camper i even when i leave there and we get done i come in the house i'm like i'm so sorry that i you know i feel bad i shouldn't feel bad mm-hmm. that is an right. hour or 45 minutes just to be a better mommy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. it's just, it is, it's just like therapy. I get to talk out and, you know, we don't record, we might be recording, but Josh knows to edit right, some yeah. things that we just need to get off our chest and talk to each other about. I mean, and how many important. times after we have stopped recording? <clears throat> How many times after we've stopped recording do we sit and talk yes. about things, other things that come to our mind while we were recording, but we didn't want to be on there? So right. It's, right. I think it's really important because society really pushes a um, busyness. You've oh. got to be doing something all the time. So fast-paced. Yeah. I think it's important to slow down and to take time. Yeah. And, and you really got to watch who you talk to, yeah. because especially, I, I feel like especially women. Because a lot of us want to run our mouth <laughs> and say, guess what is going on over there? You yeah. know, that, no, you need to have a safe space. I know Sabrina's my safe space. I've got a few other friends. I'm sure you do too. That is our safe space. And it's okay to talk to talk to somebody about sometimes personal issues. Yeah. yeah. Who else are we going to talk to? We don't have moms to talk to. Right. right? Yeah. And that's who we should be able to go to. So I'll be your mother, Sabrina. You're old enough. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But, you know, have you guys ever had that conversation with your spouse about, you know, about trying to be intentional about making time? Like, there's times when I want you to go yeah. and do yeah. your thing, and, yep. and there's times when I want you to be, and I want us to be okay yeah. with right. that. And that's a, because, I, I mean, honestly, it's something I, I personally did not do for a long time. I'm I'm kind of a... A, a people pleaser to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that, it plays heavily into my relationship with my wife. You know, I, I want to be present for her as right. much as humanly possible. And I think part of that is because, and this is just a statement of fact, pretty much everyone in my family has been divorced. You yeah. know, I, my mom and dad got divorced when I was in high school. Uh, all of my, mo- many of my aunts and uncles, not all of them, I've had a second wife or a third wife or a second husband. You know, it's been a very, very, very common thing in my family. And one of the things that I, I really noticed, like with my mom and dad, for example, was that they never took time really for 
themselves. And that started to trickle over to not taking time for each other, which eventually led to isolation and all kinds right. of other things like that. And I, I really think it's one of the reasons why divorce is so rampant in our culture. Mm-hmm. Like I heard a crazy statistic, like something in Southeastern Ohio, something like 75% of marriages will end in divorce. Oh my God. I don't know if that's accurate, but I, I, some, I heard that somewhere oh. once. And even if it's not that high, it wouldn't surprise me if it was pretty high. Right. Because think about how many people you know that are divorced. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I think taking time to feed your interests is essential. I know it happens with me. My wife, bless her heart, she can tell when it's happening. She'll say, do you need to go record or write music or do something? Because I, I start to get crazy. Like yeah. almost yeah. like I start, I get snappy with people because I, I feel like I'm not, it's that, it's that idea of like, it's nice to have an adult conversation, yeah. you know? And, and when we, I feel like when we deny those things, it, it it's a detriment to not only ourselves, but the people that we love in our lives. And I agree. I thought yeah. I, 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 I thought it was just super brave for you guys to t- to bring that subject up because that's not a popular thing no. in our, in our culture. And I've, I've even said to people before, I think that sometimes what's gone on in our culture, especially people with, that have kids is, is this idea of child worship in a way Yes, yeah, where, I agree. where yeah. we, I mean, you, yeah, you want to funnel so much love and attention and energy yep. into your kids. That's not a bad thing. But at the, at the same time, at the expense of what? I remember like in my premarital counseling, my, the guy that was doing our, our premarital counseling, he said, you know, be careful about looking at your children and saying, doesn't mommy look nice today? Because then all your compliments will be filtered through your children yeah. and you'll never be saying it to Ooh, her yourself. Good. And yeah, it, so, I, I, so I've been real conscious about stuff like that. Like if I tell my kids, doesn't, you know, doesn't mommy look nice? Tell mommy she looks nice. I always try to, you look really nice. I like that shirt, honey. I didn't, where'd you get that? I don't, you know what? And I I think, I think there's just little things, the subtle things like that. And that's part of just taking time to love yourself. And I think when you take some time to love yourself, it really changes how you love other people. Look who's being the therapist. Oh yeah. Like it. See, I tell you, I've been listening to your podcast a lot. I feel like. I feel like it's coming We're in. professional. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else? I, I While you were talking about that, it, it brought to mind something that I have always thought about since I said, yes, I'll marry you, was I want to make time for my husband, too. Yeah. Like, I want to like you mm-hmm. after the kids are gone. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I want to still like you. Mm-hmm. It's important. So. It's I my personal it's more important more important it to is. be intentional with your spouse and have time alone with your spouse, which yeah. we are horrible at in this season in life. But I know that'll change. It will. But your kids need to see yes you yeah. taking time to be together, yep. and your kids need to see you being intentional with your spouse. Yes, yeah. and and we we verbalize that with the boys. And I, I don't remember when it started, but, you know, now we'll we'll say, you know, it's important that mom and dad go out and get our own ice cream. Right. Or, you know, because it could just be a Dairy Queen stop. Um, or, you know what, boys? You're going to have to go somewhere else for a couple hours. We're going to dinner. To- I want to go. Not this time. This is just for us. We have to have some time just mom and dad, even if it's just... 
to McClure's. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got to have that time. And, you know, I now explain to them one day, you'll understand. You'll need time with your wife. And we will take care of your kids while you have time with your wife. And so, and I I'll always qu- I quiz them too, like, you know that I love your daddy, right? Like, what if somebody asks you, does your mom and dad like each other? And I, I want I want to know what they think. What yeah. do they see in our relationship? Because I, I'm all about honesty, and you know I want them to tell me if they feel like we can improve somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know from them. That's really good because I feel like they may see things yes. without a filter that we might have with our spouse. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Like when our when our kids catch us doing something like uh, hugging or kissing in the kitchen, like dancing in the kitchen yeah. or something like that. You know? Oh, yes. Well, yeah. my boys will dance with me now because they see us. Gra- you know, and I usually am grabbing Luke's hand and you know twirling myself because that's the personality I am, yeah. and he just kind of giggles the whole way through it. But now my kids will just walk up to me and grab my hand and you know, do a little twist and try to dip me. And I'm like, they're seeing it. Yeah. They're yeah. seeing this. And Alexa has been really helpful for me in this area. I know Alexa hates oh, you. Me. Uh, but uh, I, I love now that I, I can I can go to my wife in the kitchen. I can be like, Alexa, play These Arms of Mine. And it'll kick on. And, you know, like <laughs> I think it's an Otis Redding song, maybe. And <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. Thank you, Alexa, for helping me out with this. And That's Aww. awesome. Then my daughter will come running. I want to dance, too. My Alexa had been like, Go find a different Alexa. (laughs) I don't even have an Alexa. (laughs) Something else that happens a lot on your podcast is, of course, singing. Always. We've sung tonight. And then, you know, (laughs) unbeknownst to you guys, you guys, I think, have a guest every single episode. And you may not realize that he's a guest every episode, but Mr. Dave Ramsey. His spirit is in every podcast. Is it? Pretty much, yeah. Oh I, my gosh. I think I think pretty much every episode that uh, old Dave Ramsey oh my comes gosh. up. But it's you know, have you guys seen this commercial <laughs> uh, that it's you can get your kid a debit card now? Yes. And teach them about like responsible spending and things of that nature. Dave would be completely against it. (laughs) (laughs) Completely. Yeah. What it made me think of though, is that when I was thinking about people like Dave Ramsey, I was thinking people like Dave Ramsey exist in part because do you guys ever feel like somehow you missed real basic lessons growing up? Like nobody ever taught you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like for example, I, there are all kinds of things I didn't, like I never boiled a, pan of water until I was in college. That's no joke. Uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I had no idea how to use the washer and dryer until I got to college. You know, all these little things. I, I'll tell you what's a lot of fun. Get on YouTube sometime, and maybe you've already done this, and look up teenagers pumping gas for the first time. Oh, my God. Have you seen those? No. <laughs> I need to. These kids just having a meltdown, you know, at the, at the pump. They don't know how to function it. And the parents are in the car with their phones just laughing. People are pulling up at the pumps oh beside them and laughing at them. And, and, and some of them will put a clock on it. And it'll take in excess of 20 minutes for these kids <laughs> oh to gas God. up the car. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's interesting how, you know, I think things like that, there's so many simple things that I just didn't learn how to do growing yeah. up. Do you guys have anything similar to that? Well, what I was thinking, I don't know if this is hitting anything with you, but the start of this podcast 
Is this hitting? No. No. When I first approached Sabrina, it was a YouTube channel. It was not a podcast. You're right. You're right. Yep. It was actually a YouTube channel about basic information. It was. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do this on. I was like, you know what? I can teach kids. My main target was teenage to, you know, mid-20s, you know, like that college range and high school range. And I was like, because I work with kids, I'm like, they don't know how to do this stuff. They have no idea. People aren't teaching them. Both parents are working. They're, they just don't have it. They don't have the time or they don't have the resources or whatever. Um, and I was like, these kids don't know what they're doing. And um, Sabrina was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do a YouTube, but uh, I'll think about it. So then I was like, okay, what about a podcast? And she's like, a true crime podcast, a local true crime. And I was like, um, well, I'll think about it. And then I got back to her and I was like, listen, I really think that we'll step on way too many toes if we do local yeah. crime. And so I was like, won't we just come up with our own? And so that's how this came about. We should totally do a couple episodes of that, though. Of what? True crime? No. Oh, I was going to say, don't get me scared. No, no. <laughs> I said, I want people, when I call 911, to come to my rescue, not say, oh, yeah, I listen to your podcast. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's funny that you asked that question, though, about uh, what we feel like we never were taught. And I don't really feel that way because I grew up with a very absent mother, so I felt like I had to learn things at a very young age. Mm. But then, like, now that I look at my adult life, I'm like, I don't know how to take care of my money. Like, that's what got me yeah. started on Ramsey anyways. Like, yeah. Well, um, my dad will tell you today even that um, even though he was present, that I took care of myself. Mm-hmm. And and I tease him and I'm like, my brother's the favorite. You know, he's 10 years younger than me. And and then I, I sat back and I, I tell my brother, I'm like, you are the favorite, but, you know, Dad feels like, you know, he's closer to you because he's he's fathered you. I kind of just did my own thing and I figured it out along the way and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, pretty much. In other words, we know it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes along with my algorithm. Was was it not my what's it called? What did we do? Your Enneagram? My Enneagram. Enneagram. My bossiness. (laughs) Yeah. uh, When I was teaching the superintendent of that school district, he he and I were just hanging out talking one time, and he said, uh, I really would love to do a class in school that just teaches kids basic things. Like how to uh, check your oil, Mm -hmm. how to change a flat tire, um, how to balance your checkbook, even though nobody really uses a checkbook anymore. There's an app Um, for that. But there's an app for that now. (laughs) But but all all these just little simple things that that he he said, just just basic skills that that people need to survive. And he he mentioned one that you guys have talked about, and my whole like self just lit up when you guys brought this up because I'm like, yes, this is so true. And it's the lost art of communication. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, how did we lose it? Like, where did it I go? I don't know where it went, <laughs> but I hope somebody finds it again. I, I'm embarrassed for people. I mean, I, I can stand back and watch and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I feel bad. I feel like. I feel like somebody needs to do something. Mm. 
People can't even look at each other. Yeah. They can't even yeah. look at each other and say something. Offense, um, offense culture. We live yeah. in, we live oh in my offense God. culture. Let's yeah. not start that. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. Nuts. It, well, everybody's offended by everything, everything. At which then leads to lawsuits. And I mean, nobody is, uh, nobody takes responsibility for anything. It's always somebody else's fault. And that's something that I'm really trying to teach my boys to. I've got one that's kind of not understanding yet. And I've got the other that's like, yeah, well, uh, and I'm like, no, I'm just now, I'm trying to tell you. Just own it. Well, I would if, no, don't say it. Just say, okay. Well, okay, but no, not but. Just own it. I mean, it's. I'm just going round and round. I'm chasing my tail with that one. I feel like society as a whole is starting to come back a little bit. I hope you feel like that because I don't. In certain aspects, with the with like the COVID, that's really kind of set everybody back to a more basic. But how long will it be until they leave again? It's just like the nine eleven, the community rallies, everything. Everybody was a was like a one unit, and how long did that last? Yeah, but it's not just with that. I feel like people are starting to realize that people are not communicating, that people can't communicate unless oh, yeah. it's through a phone. They have no idea, so they're starting to like. Push that back. And, and you bit. know what really gets me, too, is you, you hear an older generation, and I'm saying older like our parents, complain about people on their phones and this and that and whatever. I don't know how many times I've went out and I see the entire family on the phone, like even the grandparents. Why are you complaining when that's the example you're showing? Mm. I mean, I... I will say, you know, we might sit down at dinner and say, okay, everybody's phones to the side, you know, no TV on or whatever. That's the example I want to set. But there's been times I've caught myself just boop, 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 boop. I about got myself in trouble, like sleep on the couch trouble last night I, I, because with the phone thing. So me and Jamitha turned on one of our favorite 90s comedies. It's a totally underrated comedy. It's called Down Periscope. And I've never heard never of, heard of it. it either. It, Kelsey Grammer stars yes. in it. Uh, Frazier, you know. Um, and it's I thought a, he was going to say something like "In Living Color." No, <laughs> a, a movie totally tanked at the box office. But anyway, I, I told Jamitha because we we bought it. It's one of her favorite movies from childhood. She can quote it line for line. And uh, she she said, looked over at me and said, uh, "Hey, are you gonna are you gonna watch this movie at all?" Because I was finishing. I watch a lot of like woodworking videos, but I, I they don't have any sound. I mean, they have sound, but I turn the sound right, down. Yeah. So I just want to watch them, you know, do their thing. It's like fast motion stuff. And it had like another minute to go. <laughs> and I, I don't know what I was thinking. I looked up and I said, I said, yeah, I, I'm almost done, you know, but like I could say that to you, I guess, for the thousand times that you spend 60% of your time on the phone while watching a movie. And down Periscope was paused. And I looked across the room and she was just like, I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm real sorry. <laughs> so that sorry. just came out. That did, <laughs> I did out. not mean for that like, to come out. Am I having a stroke? What's going on? <laughs> like you would never say this normally. What's and I said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm distraught. We got to put the dog down tomorrow. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. It's it's and and, and the, Good dog, save. the dog's looking at me like I'd love to help you right now, bro. But I got nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, you know, it, and communication is one of those things that it's so um, 
it's it's, it's so easy to m- manipulate the concept of communication what people think communication is like at the time that we're we're recording this the the riots are still going on and um and and that'll be old news by the time this thing makes it onto the air but i something that i always tried to encourage people to to do like especially kids like when i was a teacher a lot of kids would come to me and ask me for advice about things and and i and i would always say listen man perspective is everything and i've tried really hard as a parent to not turn into the the stereotypical parent like i remember when i was a kid and i had a bart simpson t-shirt on that said i'm an underachiever my mom just thought that was awful and one of her friends thought it was so terrible and how tame is the simpsons now compared right. to everything oh, else yeah. right. and and i thought you know isn't it funny how every generation has this tendency of looking back and saying well, this was bad about this culture and this generation. And and I think that, that that's one way that the communication thing starts to divide, you know, just, just looking from one generation to the next of like, you know, somehow we were superior. Somehow what we did was better than what you guys are choosing to do. And that's like this, this real fundamental communication breakdown. And then with a lot of kids, I, I always just stop and say, okay, why do you believe what you believe? And I said, just, just think about it. And, and I said, just answer that question for yourself before you go on a tirade, before you post something on Facebook, before you have a conversation with anybody else, start at the mirror. I think the best place to start any conversation is to start at the mirror and try to figure out why do I think what I think? And is what I think based upon an objective set of facts? Is it based upon some kind of research, some kind of empirical evidence that I can point to something like, you know, I don't just believe that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west i got a compass and that's a reliable source and that's how i know it does what it does do you have that kind of information in your life because that slows everything down when you have that mindset of like i just want to respond to what this person has said or done or i don't want to respond at all or i want to respond with something hateful i'm just like man if we just started at the mirror and and walked ourselves through why we think what we think is true so often I think we would find what we think is true is actually not the truth. Right. And and there's other factors at play that would would change the dynamic of how we communicate with one another. And I, I think about that in the political realm. I think about that even in the religious, you know, realm. We've seen that situation play out in churches all across the country at different times in history. You know, it's 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 crazy how how communication has has always seemed to break down somewhere, but man, I just get concerned sometimes in this day and age, and, and that's where I start to feel like that stereotypical parent. Like, man, you gotta learn how to communicate with other people, and right. it can't all be done in screams and shouts. You know, yeah, if, if yeah. we just if we just pump the brake, start at the mirror, and just think carefully about what's true and what's not true, wouldn't that really change the dynamic of how we live our lives and function in general? I don't know, maybe again. The therapist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that actually, is good. I, I should change the name of your podcast. That's a, well, you know, this this brings <laughs> a, uh, this brings up something really close to home because you guys have both talked about the lady that you see, the gal that you see. Uh, you see a professional um, therapist or uh, you know counselor, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you, you Our call lady, it. yeah. Your lady, mm-hmm. and and I remember a time, and I'm sure you guys do too. We're admitting that kind of thing out loud oh, yes. was super taboo. Like, yeah. don't say that. People will think you're crazy. You know, and 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 I when you guys were talking about seeing someone, I 
I thought, man, how, there's so much value in it because I have seen someone before. Good for you. It was a long time ago. It was uh, I was uh, in high school, and uh, my best friend died, and it hugely impacted the the school and the student community. Right. And there was a group of about five or six of us that would get pulled out of class once a week to go and talk to a couple of counselors. And, and they were professionals. Uh, I, I don't know if they were, I never looked at their degrees or qualifications, but, but I, I really, they changed my mind about, you know, like the, the typical sort of head shrinker shrink type yeah. thing that was sort of negative always growing up. I thought, you know, what do these people know? What could they possibly have to offer? They just sit there and write on their little notepad and listen. And I, that was my concept of it. And then after that was over at the school, the counselor, for whatever reason, spoke to my parents and said, I'd like to continue to see him on a once a week basis for maybe another two or three months, if that's okay. And uh, the school was going to pay for it, that's I think, some, somehow. And I, and I, I, I said, okay. Well, I thought it was a little weird because I'm like, I don't feel like I need to continue. Yeah. But I'll never forget. I wish I knew where this guy was now, but his name was Ed Black. And he was a Vietnam veteran, and I would get out of school once a week and drive down to Galplis and meet him in his office. And and that experience made me throughout my life look at people and say, you know, it wasn't until that moment when I realized the value of talking to people. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and talking to an objective stranger. And 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 that might sound weird, but it, he he just he he didn't have anything he didn't have an agenda no right you know and and I think that was the thing we don't get that a lot that's you know, even, right even with people that we're close to that's right we don't always get that and he would recommend books for me to go read and I don't know if you guys remember the alcove bookstore in Galplis yes, yes. yeah it's not there anymore but it used to have comic books and and had a really interesting book selection and uh, it was one of my favorite places to go and I think he knew that. And so I'd go there after a session and buy a book and I'd read the book that week and we'd talk about it the next week. And at some point it just felt like we were just talking yeah. and, and, and it was almost like he did some kind of magic on me because, like, cause I was never a, a, a talker. You know, I was raised in that generation of men that were like, you know, we don't have feelings and we certainly don't talk about them. Right. And, and he totally shattered that 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 myth that image and so as often as i can i tell people man go go do it and you know what what do you guys find valuable about talking to your gal well first off she's loving so you know i i just she seems she's a motherly type um and i know i'm drawn to that because i don't have that yeah, yeah. um but but she's she's not um condemning. So no matter what I say to her, it doesn't matter what I say. She's not going to condemn me for it. She's going to still love me. It's like she shows me grace when I feel like the world would condemn me. Does that do you does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Like yeah. I don't feel like she uh, I don't feel like she could ever stop loving me mm. and and she's not even in my family i just i don't know but that's also something i i look for too i yeah. mean that's something that i crave because i don't have that um so 
it it was natural for me to navigate toward her mm-hmm. because I feel like her arms literally when I see her, her arms are open, and I'm like, she wants me, and I, I've not had that, right. And so that's what draws me really to her. And then when I pour my heart out to her, she she's okay with it. She's okay with my ugliness. And then she gets past it and she tells me that I'm beautiful. You know, I, I don't mean outside. I mean inside. Yeah, yeah, that my heart is beautiful and that God created me. And some of the things that she's told me, I've went and I've told my kids. And, you know, that God doesn't make mistakes. And even though we make mistakes, he still loves us. And I don't know. She's she's just wonderful. She's wonderful. She's wonderful. I think one of the things that really draws me to her even more, I mean, she's just wonderful. But, like, how many times have you been in a situation and just out of the blue, she knows when you need us? Like, oh she gosh, will text, text me. Text you. I'll get and a like, text. Yeah, it's totally a God thing. Like, <laughs> she's is. just it she's is. phenomenal. I, I just and even if I I probably not even um, you know went to see her in the past year and I I'll still just get a message just at the right time. It's always. it's good always it's good. But therapy is so looked down upon, and I don't yeah. understand why. Well, I understand why, but I don't understand why. Why are we so? Um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? We Reluctant. have to reluctant yes i feel like we just have to give off a persona that we're perfect and we have it all together and i i mean i'm the first to admit that i'm crazy like i'm crazy and i like knows i am i need yes i need to be able to have an outlet that's godly wisdom that's um encouragement that's everything yeah when that comes through in something you said on one of the podcasts i'm probably going to misquote you but you said something Something like, uh, I try not to focus on the struggle, but at the same time, I want to be real, you yeah. know? And, and, I, and I, I do think, you know, I, I've, I've spent uh, a, a lot of my life putting on a facade, as I think most people do. Um, and, and, and there's, cause I, I know I struggle with the same things that a lot of people struggle with. Like I look in the mirror and I don't always see value and, and you know, and I, I look at things that I've done and I see everything that's wrong rather than the thing that was valuable in it. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a sickness in, in, in our, in our world that, um, has just been exacerbated by a whole lot of other things, you know, and, and, and unfortunately therapy, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. It's got this weird Rap and when I would look at kids that were sitting across from me, and, and they were like, "I don't know, maybe I need to see somebody." I said, "Yeah, yes. maybe, maybe you do." Or when I'm talking to adults, I'm like, "You know, you can find a bad anything in any profession. Right? You, know? you might go to see someone, and it might be awful. But if you talk to people, and if more people were just honest about the the need to just sort of open up, because we're we're living in these crazy unprecedented times. Like I heard some absolutely nutsoid statistic that we in like a twenty year period will have consumed more information than than like the collective uh, than like a someone in the like a an older era would collect in their entire life. Right. You know that that we there's so many things that we're swinging against or trying to go with the flow in and it's 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 not the the interconnectedness of the world 
it sounds like a great thing and can be a good thing, but it also produces, I think, kind of a weird disconnect a, a little bit that we have to overcome. And I, I think so often it leads to that idea of who are we? You know, and, and you guys, in one of your episodes, you called it the life trap. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, do, how, do we, how do we avoid the, the life trap? Because like, if you grow up around here, yeah, I, I, think, I think of every 80s movie that I, I watched growing up that was like, got to get out of here, can't yeah. stay here because mm-hmm. I don't want to grow up and work in the coal mines. I don't want to grow up and work in the plant. I don't want to grow up and work in the hospital, work at the school or work at the local grocery market or like the five other jobs that there are you right. know, in the area. You know, I, I don't want to do that. And you, we're going through this life thinking, I feel like I'm in a rut. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I want to do. And how do I get out of that? merry-go-round what I, and and it's just this this notion of you can be anything you want to be right growing up like <laughs> i remember when i told my kid one of my teachers growing up i want to be an underwater astronaut and that's not even a thing and she just like the look on her face was like i was like wait can i not be an under can i really not be anything i want to be and it's like those realities of life yep, start to just right. encircle you and that's right and uh, and and I've, I've wondered for you guys this podcast is it a little bit of chasing a dream, a little bit of chasing something that seems out of reach, but I'm going to reach for it anyway? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't even have known about a podcast if, you know, if Sabrina wouldn't have mentioned, you know, oh my gosh, I listen to podcasts. I'm like, what's a podcast? So, and that was just like two years ago. But yes, I like trying new things. I I do I'm totally fine with trying new things. Um, but yeah, this did not seem like anything that we would be able to do. I mean, I could see Sabrina and Josh doing something like this for sure. But me? <laughs> I see it the other way around. I could totally see you doing this, but me? Mm. Okay. All right. So well, that's the mix between our two also, because I can talk and jabber and Oh, we know. And be crazy at any time. And that's just who I am. And people know that. So like if I got on here and I did this the whole time and you know, nobody would relate to me because they'd be like, wait a minute, I know her and she doesn't act like that and she doesn't talk like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm very loud. Um, I don't want to say I'm opinionated, but I'm very loud and <laughs> I don't know what else, but I'm crazy. But I can see you guys totally, you know, well, the content, like Sabrina's like, okay, so we need to make sure that we have some content. And I'm like, why can we not just get on here and just start talking? And she's like, Jill, we have to have some meat to our episodes. I'm like, I know, but I have so much crap that I want to say, you know, and Sabrina's like, yes, but we can't just talk to each other the whole time. People want to know what we feel and think about things. And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, we balance each other out. I think so. And then we got Josh, our technical guru. I mean, we couldn't do it without him. There's no way. There's no no way. way. No way. So, really, we're a little trio that make this work. I feel like, too, being an Enneagram 2, I secretly like recognition. So, this is... So that's good for her. It's good for me. Do you, what What do you guys think? I, 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 I'm always interested in people's opinions about this, especially in my own life, because there's a lot of dreams um, or, or even, I, I, we don't even have to say dreams, but like just aspirations, just things that I want to do, you know, that I've, that I've not chased for whatever reason. And, and I, and I, and I know what paralyzes me a lot of the time, but 
what do you guys think paralyzes people from chasing after things that they really want to do? Well, I think people are just scared. I think I think they're afraid to fail. Absolutely. Yeah. Or or the humiliation. I think of how many people are um I mean well, just like I said, that we might go out to dinner and uh, with a group of gals, and then we get back, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're probably all making fun of what I said or <laughs> took that the wrong way. <laughs> and I think that that holds so many people back. Uh, I mean, especially women. I really yeah. do feel like women. I think men too. I think men yeah. might be less likely to admit that. Right. I agree. Yeah. I think that it's a struggle for everyone. Right. Yeah, which I found out, you know, during your groups that we were going to, that men have the same, I guess I never knew this because Luke doesn't really speak out much, Mm. but men have the same fears that we do. And I know that sounds really stupid and everybody's rolling their eyes right now going, uh, yeah, I, my husband doesn't express that stuff to me. I mean, he just doesn't. I mean, he would if I asked, but I didn't, I didn't think to ask that. But I found out that men struggle with the same stuff, like, oh, my gosh, did I sound really stupid? Or, you know, does everybody hate me? Or, you know, and I thought it was just a woman thing because we're crazy like that. Yeah, don't you think it's strange that somehow, somewhere along the line, expressing your feelings or, or talking about the things that sort of internally plague you somewhere got labeled as distinctly feminine yes yeah. yes so you know I, i've always thought that i mean i didn't know men had the same feelings that we d- i didn't know that i know that that sounds ridiculous but i didn't know that no i i'm, I'm right there with you i mean because you know, so many things that i i don't do like uh <laughs> I, and i i swear i'm not saying this to to gain a response but it's very hard for me to feel good about anything that I do musically. I've always been that way. I'm a terrible critic of of myself. It's probably why I don't play live more. It's probably why I don't record more is because I, I, in my, in my heart, I really don't think I'm that good. And I don't think that people want to digest what I have to put out there. And it's, and, and it's just, it's an insecurity. This is all that it is. And, and it's a, and sometimes that insecurity feels selfish. And sometimes I go round and round and round with it. And, and, you know, people, Oh no, you're you're good. And I'm like, and, and like compliments are like daggers sometimes. It's like, yeah. And, and, and that's a hard, that's a hard thing to explain. But I, I think that even though men are often, again, this is part of, I think the the way we sort of get culturally painted is men are are treated like these simplistic, apish, almost uh, simpleton like figures and to be sure, there are men and women that are like that. Right. But but I think for me, that's not been the case in, in my life. I feel like when I sit across the table and talk to people, whether they're a man or a woman or whatever background of life they've come through, the longer we talk, the more I, I, it seems to come out that, wow, we, we, we kind of battle the same waves, you know, yeah. and, and we, we might do it a little differently. I, I don't necessarily think men are from or Mars and women are from Venus. I, mm-hmm. I think, I think we're a little closer located than, so than, than maybe, maybe we want to. And, and I, I hate that cultural distinction that insists that we, we must be so diametrically opposed because again, right. I think it really breaks down the communication, communication barrier. Right. And I, and I, I think it's another reason. It's another contributor to like high rates of divorce and things of that nature. It's amazing how often we just, look past each other 
and talk past each other. It's, yeah. it's unsettling. Almost. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bible says that we're created in his image. Therefore, we're all level. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That the feminist thing kind of gets. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, that was something you, that you talked yeah. about on an early episode. And I, and I, and I, and you guys were even talking like, like this could get us in trouble. Um, Absolutely. But, but at, at the same time, it, I, I don't, um, I, I don't understand, you know, if you're, if you're a strong woman and you want to espouse certain qualities and characteristics, that's great. You know, but that, but it doesn't mean that you're strong because you want to espouse those characteristics. Mm-hmm. Your strength can exist in, in quietness and meekness that's right, right. just as much as it yeah. can someone beating the yes. drum, you know? And yes. I think that's what I was trying to get across on that episode, but I don't think it came, I don't think I could express it. I, I have so much that I think and feel, but I can't get it out in words. And I think that's why I have all these wrinkles because I'm real expressionist. <laughs> I'm a huge expressionist. And, you know, my arms are always going and my mouth's always going. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's what I was trying to get across. Yeah. 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 I, I, it translated. It tra- Good. Thank yeah, you. I think it translated. <laughs> yeah. Well, gals, I know it's getting a little bit long in the tooth in the evening here, but I want to thank you again for being on the podcast. And, and I, I know I, I can, I, just to, give you a word of affirmation uh, that I have no doubt that your podcast is going to continue to touch people because who you are comes through in your podcast. And it's, it's such a scary thing to just be who you are sometimes in in this environment. And, and I I applaud you guys because you do it as, as if it's a, it's a fearless thing for you, but I know it comes with a certain amount of anxiety. Um, But uh, to anybody who might be listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor, check out the cheaper than therapy podcast, please subscribe. It is well worth your time. And trust me, you have not heard the last of these two wonderful ladies (laughs) on uh, this podcast. They will be back around. Me and Joe have a Wizard of Oz episode Woo! coming. And uh, we they will be helping me with my true crime segments. So, ladies, thank you again. Thank you, Chad. Thank you. All right, everybody. We'll catch you on the next go-round. Thank you.